Uh, thank you, everybody. It's good to see you all. <laughs> There's so much joy to be together. And um, if you're watching online, I hope you're experiencing the very same joy that we're experiencing here. Because our joy is in the Lord. He's so good. He is so good. Isn't He good? Yes? Is He good? How good? So very good. Ah, oh, He's so kind. He's so gentle. He's so humble. He's so strong. He's so powerful. He's so loving. He's so beautiful. He's so purposeful. He's got a purpose and a destiny for each one of us. He's made all things beautiful, including you and me. Especially me. No, I'm just joking. Oh, he's good. Come on, let's just take a little time now uh, before we uh, start to minister the Word, just to, just to turn our hearts of affection back to Him again, okay? Uh, if, you, if you're watching at home, just take a moment, just lift up your voices here in this, in this building, in this auditorium. Just start to lift up your voices. Tell Him how much you love Him. Tell Him how much you long for Him. How, tell Him how much you appreciate your, His presence in your life. The Word says that He's a stronghold for those in times of trouble. He's a refuge. His eyes of affection are always upon us. Uh, that He leads us with His eye. Can you believe that? That His eye is so upon us that the way He guides us is by His sight. He's looking to us, looking at us, guiding us. Jesus, we love You and we worship You. Holy Spirit, we thank You for Your presence. Father, we thank You for Your unending love. And we ask this morning that You would explode on the inside of each one of us, Lord. We pray with Paul from Ephesians chapter three that we would be strengthened with power in our inner being, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. In other words, Lord, let what's the true in the spirit realm, because we're joined one spirit to You, that let that become our earthly our, our, um, our mindset, our, our soul experience, God and that You would explode on the inside of us and that Christ Jesus would dwell in our hearts through faith and that we would have the power together with all of the saints to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of God that surpasses all knowledge, the love of Christ Jesus, the, the love that we can experience not as some esoteric ether thing, but this concrete action, it's, it's, it's concreted into the very action of God in sending His Son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Ha, that we would experience that which we cannot know in our minds, but we would experience the full force of it in our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, ah, that He who is able to do more than we could ask or imagine, far above all things that we could ask for, He would do it for us. And he, to Him would be glory in us and in the church forever and ever. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna get going. Woo! God is so good. He's so loving, He's so kind, He's so pure. He's so affectionate in His love for us. You know that you're the apple of His eye. You know that when He thinks about you, He smiles. When He looks at you, He's got a massive grin on His face. He's not disappointed in you. He loves you. He's for you. He's with you. Not only is He for you and is He with you, but you know, the Bible says that He is ever interceding for us. 
Is it, how, how many of you are, are sort of not particularly satisfied with your prayer life? How many of you feel like I could pray longer? I could pray more. I could definitely be more, there's, there's more, but you know, there's life and there's other things and, and you know, carnal pleasures of watching TV or whatever, you know, there's just stuff that goes on in our lives, right? And, and how many, you know, we think, ah, oh, I'd love to be able to pray more. Here's the good news. Jesus is praying for you all the time. <laughs> his very presence in heaven, His prayer to the Father, saying, here I am, Lord. Release grace, release life. Not only is that, Jesus is interceding for us, but the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us on the inside of us with groans too deep for words. So let's pray. But let's not strive to pray. Let's just tune into the intercession of Jesus and flow in the power of the Holy Spirit for the anointing that's on the inside of us that leads us into all things will lead us. I mean, I love that as a preacher. It's wonderful to know that you have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you. The Bible says in 1 John that you have the anointing that teaches you all things. So I'm just here just to to remind you of a few things this morning because the anointing on the inside of you is already leading you into truth. Okay, so I want you to turn to John chapter 17. We're on our uh, uh, undivided series. Yes, you can see the graphic if you're in the building. I don't know if you can't see it online. It's, it's amazing. Um, and uh, this is um, uh, part of our undivided series. Last week, Dunk uh, preached, it was Father's Day, and he preached on being undivided in our relationships, undivided in the Father's love, and actually walking in forgiveness and, and humility. And it was a wonderful message. Today, I wanna talk a little bit, hopefully, about being undivided in our mission. Undivided in our call from the Lord. And, and I want us to look at three, four verses in John 17. So this is, this is Jesus' prayer. It's probably called in your Bible, the, the title might be the High Priestly Prayer. This is Jesus, who the Bible says is our high priest. He's the one that's gone before us. He's both the sacrifice and the one who offers the sacrifice as the high priest. And, he, and he, it, he's there, he's about to go to the Father. He's, well, he's about to go to the cross first. He's gonna take the sin of the world upon himself. And his, this is his prayer. It says at the beginning of, of chapter 17 that he lifted up to his, his eyes to heaven and he prays to the Father. And it's really recorded for our benefit because Jesus and the Father had this great relationship. He was praying all the time and we don't have all of His prayers, but this prayer was recorded for our benefit. And, um, and, in verse tw- and so He prays, He prays about His mission. He's praying, uh, and I'm just gonna summarise the chapter because we don't have time to read through it all, but He prays this, He's praying that, uh, that well, in verse, um, well, let's start in verse one because it's just too good. I might have to just read the whole thing, we'll see. When Jesus had spoken these words, So he's just spent the last um, little while with his disciples in the upper room, sharing his heart. Now Judas is no longer there. So it's like the most intimate moment with with Jesus. And he's sharing about how he's going, but the Holy Spirit's gonna come. And the Father loves us in the same way that we're to remain united in the vine. You know, he's the vine and we're to remain connected in that life union with him. And so when he'd spoken all of these glorious things, some of my favourite chapters in the whole Bible, he goes, he, it says, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. 
since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is not going to heaven. Eternal life begins the moment you say yes to Jesus because it's a relationship with the Father and, the, and Jesus the Son by the Holy Spirit for all of eternity. I love that. I'm, I, I just probably need to keep jump, moving on, otherwise I'll be here for a long time. Let's go to verse six. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Let's jump down to uh, verse 11. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction that the scripture might be fulfilled. Isn't it comforting to know that Jesus is guarding you? Yeah. And he's not gonna, you're not gonna get lost. It's not like he's gonna forget you and then come back and go, oh, wait, 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 wait. where's that son of mine? Uh, uh, there's, there was 100, but now there's only 99, uh, right? And let's go to 20, verse 20. And I do not ask for these. So he's been praying for his disciples. Then he comes in verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Okay, pay attention, everybody. That's you and I. Okay, so what he's about to say is for you and for me. And he says this, let me read that again. I do not ask, verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in, who will believe in me through their word. Jesus praying for us 2000 years ago, he's still praying today, that they may all be one, just as you Father are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Incredible passage of scripture. I mean, I come to this scripture actually with a little bit of trepidation to be honest, because it feels so deep. It feels so rich and like depths that you can't really plunge, but we're gonna have a, have a go at doing that. Verse 21, Jesus' prayer is this, that they, us, we all, everybody, every believer in all of the world, that they, that we may all be one. Jesus is saying, his desire, his prayer is that every single one of us would be one in the same way that when the disciples were praying in the upper room in Acts chapter two, it says they were of one accord. That word one accord means one, it was like they were one self. That there would be a, such a sense of unity and togetherness that you couldn't tell whether if they, that we, you couldn't see any division or divide between the people of God as the body of Christ. They have different functions, but they're connected so powerfully and so beautifully together. It would be one body. Jesus is saying, This is his prayer. May they all be one. Well, how? Just as, Father, you're in me and I am in you. 
How does that oneness look like? Well, that oneness, that level of intimacy, Jesus is saying, He's able to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, just two, two chapters before. In other words, there was such a sense of closeness and togetherness that you couldn't actually tell where Jesus was and the Father was because they were one. It was Jesus, when Jesus was on the earth, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit was the Spirit, the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Father was in Jesus to manifest the Father to the world such that He was able to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And in the same way that Jesus, the Father was able to say to Jesus, He is called the everlasting Father in Isaiah. So there's this intimacy, this oneness, this connection where you couldn't actually tell in one sense where Jesus finished and the Father started. But at the same time, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, He says, nobody knows the Father except the Son and whom the Son chooses to reveal to Him and nobody knows the Son. In other words, Jesus was, there was such a level of oneness that what Jesus manifested wasn't Himself, He manifested the Father. And so Jesus is and the Father are one together. Uh, if we weren't in this COVID season, I would probably illustrate this, but I don't wanna get everybody too close to each other. Okay, but you could imagine if I'm the Father and then this is Jesus. In fact, I think my children could help me with this. Would that be okay, uh, Sarah and Izzy? I know you're very reluctant about that, I can see. But we're all in the same household. So we can physically distance, we don't have to be physically distanced. This is Sarah, she's our youngest. This is Isabel, she's our second oldest. And uh, they're, they're both amazing. Okay, so Sarah, because she's the tallest, is gonna be the father. I don't know why that makes any sense, but that just makes sense in my mind. G uh, Isabel, Izzy, is gonna be Jesus, okay? This, is, this kind of doesn't really work very well because they're two, two people, but essentially, if you guys could kind of hug each other, if I was to kind of, because you're a little taller, and you were to do that, I would actually only see Sarah if it was a silhouette. But Sarah and Izzy would be in together, but I only see one of them. Just like that, Jesus and the Father are saying, they're one, they're one, one nature, one spirit, one, oneness together, right? And Jesus says, okay, I want them to be one, just like we are one, me and you, you and me together. Now we're all, I'm gonna go to the back, not because, just because I'm taller. That we're one together. And actually, Ash, if you wanna come up, make this a whole family affair. You can come right here, cause just because I like to hug you as well. We're all one. Because here's the reality of it. I, the Bible says that I'm one with Christ but the Bible also says that Ash is one with Christ. And therefore, if Ash and I are one with Christ, with Christ, therefore we must be one with each other. Oh, kiss, kiss, <laughs> kiss. What a, great, what a great place. Verse 23, Jesus says the same thing. I in them and you in me that they may become one. So we're, we're, we are together. Jesus' prayer is this, that we as a people would be manifest a, such a sense of togetherness, 
and a sense of connection of heart and a strength of relationship that there would be no separation and no divide between us. I mean, this is Jesus' prayer just before He's about to go to the cross. And it's fulfilled. What I love about this, even though we can look at the denominations and you can see, you know, there's a whatever, however many thousands and thousands of denominations. The reality is at one level, at the individual level, Jesus' prayer was fulfilled because when He went to the cross, we and Him were fused together relationally with Him for all of eternity. And so when Jesus was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead because the Bible says we've now become one spirit with Him, right? And so, so Jesus' mission is, was, was to go to the cross and on the cross, the Father and the Son were, and, uh, well, the cross dealt with the, the payment of sin, the, re- the resurrection of His life made us, brought us to a, a sense of a newness of life. And then the coming of the Holy Spirit was the Spirit of the Father and the Son to dwell on the inside of us. So now that the Spirit and the Father are on the inside of each one of us here, one together, so that we are now joined with the Father and the Son together. Jesus' prayer has already been fulfilled as it relates to you and I individually. Because you are one with Christ. Why is that important? Well, it's important because we're not somehow trying to get hold of a God that's out there, hoping that we can draw Him somehow near to us by our good deeds, our prayers, our worship, our fasting, our whatever. Somehow it's like, oh God, come, come, come. But actually, no, God is already on the inside. The power of heaven, the life of heaven, the joy of heaven, the freedom of heaven, the ability of heaven, everything that heaven is, is now on the inside of you and I. Well, I'm glad that three of you are excited about that. And so we're one together. And Pete, Jesus thinks it's so important that he he, he asks the same prayer twice. Verse 21, verse 23, same prayer. Just like, just like I'm in you and you're in me, may they be in us. But in the verse 23, he takes it on a little further because he then starts to say, he then goes on to the prayer is, so that they may become perfectly one. And so there's this dimension that the Holy Spirit wants, us to, wants to bring us into in ever increasing measure. And that word perfectly um, actually means to consummate. It means to reach the end stage. It's to travel through, work through a process and then that at the end and get to the end of that process, right? We're, we're one of our, uh, our eldest daughter, Hannah, is marrying uh, Paul, one of our staff members here in a couple of weeks time. It's, it's very, very exciting. We're very proud of both of them. But we have a process to go through. In fact, we've had two or three processes because of COVID, right? Co- first process is, you know, plan a wedding. Are we going to have it at a particular venue with X numbers of people? And then, or oh, maybe not. And then so redesign that process and maybe not and redesign another process. And so now we're in a, in a much smaller setting in a different location. But we're still working through a process. And in a sense, that process is good. But the point of that process isn't for a party. The point of that process is so that two beautiful people can say, I do, and become one flesh together and start a whole new life together. We went to to see um, uh, their house yesterday. So exciting and so terrifying at the same time. 
I just realised Hannah's at the back. I could have had you come up here as well. Um, but the, the point is, there is a, a journey in the engagement to the perfection point, which is the wedding. And then there's gonna be another process of perfection through the, through the, through the marriage, right? But that, so what, Paul's, what Jesus is praying here is that they may be, become perfectly one. There would be a process that they would work through to reach the final conclusion. The final conclusion is that we are all one body. And so Jesus is saying, He's praying that we would actually start to manifest that oneness in ever increasing measure as we get our hearts transformed by His love. We're increasing that manifestation. We're learning to love each other. I love how, you know, that story of Bob Jones where he goes to heaven, I think in 1972, sometime around then. And when he gets to heaven, God says to him, Bob, have you learned to love? And he sends him back from heaven, because he died, to learn how to love. And then he dies on Valentine's Day. But this is this oneness, it requires, it requires something. It requires, this is what God's looking for. What God's going for is that we would so love each other. Jesus said at the beginning of this discourse in John 13, 35, I think it is, he says, that the whole world will know that you're my disciples. How? by your love one for another. And so Jesus is saying the oneness in the same way that the Father has loved Jesus, the Father now once is loving us. And therefore we have to learn how to love each other, which starts with dealing with the issues of the heart. What Duncan preached last week, forgiveness, getting rid of judgment, anger, bitterness, loving ourselves, which is sometimes the hardest thing to do. It means allowing the Holy Spirit. We currently um, have a, a group of people that are, are getting some training for deliverance with uh, Erica James. And you know, it, it, we, we, we're equipping, we're looking to uh, uh, help develop people. We've got other people in this community that will do prayer ministry, um, RTF, HeartSync, Sozo, Emmanuel, what those sort of structured tools that will help us to deal with the issues of the heart. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, in view of God's mercy, because of all the wonderful things that He's done, offer up your bodies as living sacrifices. And then he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we're to, we're to allow the Holy Spirit to birth in us His life, His joy, His purity in, our, in us. We're also to develop healthy, out of that place to develop healthier relationships. I, I love the Bible being so practical, things like Matthew 5, where Jesus says, if you get to the worship, get to the altar and you realise someone has something against you, leave your gift there. Don't worry about doing this, this worship to God right now. The most important thing that you can do is go and be reconciled to that person. And then, Matthew, and then Matthew 18, where he says, if you've got anything against another, if your brother sins against you, go to him. And if he listens to you, you've gained a brother. What's the purpose of that? It's to gain a brother. Why? Because it's union, the oneness that God wants. Because the reality is, if I am in Christ, you are in Christ. And therefore we are both in Christ together. Therefore we should really get along. Because as far as I can tell, no, this is absolute certainty. I was about to say something that was a little dubious. Jesus Himself is not schizophrenic. He's one. 
And so if we're loving, if we're both in Christ Jesus and we're, and we're loving Jesus, then we're loving each other is the same powerful thing. And so we have this, Jesus is birthing this, and this gives us these commands about you know, relationships. I don't know what Jesus would have said if he lived in this age with social media, but he probably would have said something to the likes of, hey, if your brother sins against you, don't slam him on Facebook. Don't slag him off in, on, on Instagram. Don't go on a rant posting all manner of junk against them. No, go and talk to them. If your brother has a different political persuasion than you, cross the road and go and have a conversation. If your brother has a different colour of skin, just go and have a, make some, be friendly to each other, hear each other's hearts, build some connection, build some relationship because hey, here's, I've got news for you. I love you both. So knock it out, get your heads together. If I love you and I love you, what's stopping you from loving you? <laughs> and I say that with a slight frown on my face and then realising that actually, I need that message more than anyone else. Because I am far from perfect. It's Ash's, Ash's confirming. Very true. You didn't have to say very true. You could have just said true. But I'll take very true. That's fine. Oh, you love me. Good. Thank you. Phew. That's just like Jesus of you. Well done. So it's like, why do we slam each other on social media? Why do we throw stones? Why do we hold ourselves out from each other because of a political persuasion? or because of socioeconomic standing. Lord, help us. What, is, what does it look like to be one body? It means to meet each other's needs. John the Apostle, he says this, if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, he doesn't give it to him. If you've got the world's goods, if, if you can help each other and meet their needs and you see a brother hurting, you see a brother in pain, you see a sister in trouble, reach out, help them out, be the body, be one. Uh, one of the things I've loved about this season is everybody that's been online, that has been on you know, the, the uh, connect groups that have been meeting online, you know, day and week after week, even Zoom after Zoom. And you know, as uh, our daughter Izzy says, we've all been consumed. But faithfully, faithfully meeting every week in our connect groups. Why? Because we're learning to one another each other. We're learning to look after each other, take care of each other and, and be one together. That's a fulfilment of Jesus' prayer. Man, I really have to hurry up. Okay, so why is this important? Why is Jesus saying, I want them to be one? Well, look at this in verse, 20, in verse 21 and verse 23. Jesus has some very specific outcomes in mind. You know, I was thinking about this last night as I was going to sleep and I thought about Snow White, you know, the Disney, the Disney cartoon from the 1940s or whenever it was, the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And Snow White, she's so lovely and so, you know, you know and she like, says to the, to the Seven Dwarfs, oh, do try to get along. Do try to get along. Well, that's what I remember. She may not say it, but that's kind of in my mind. And, um, and you know, it's not like Jesus is just like a heavenly snow white saying, oh, brothers and sisters, please try to get along. Oh, do try. Oh, try a little harder. No, he's got a mission. 
He's got a purpose. The Holy Spirit spoke to me a couple of weeks ago and He said, you know, we, we often think about what's our mission as a church. The Holy Spirit spoke to me the other day and a few weeks ago and He said, the mission has a church, not the church has a mission. In other words, we as a body don't exist for the sake of each other and, oh, oh sorry, for the sake of ourselves. We actually exist for the sake of each other. And then this actually, ultimately, this, we exist for the sake of God and His purpose and His mission. His mission is this, that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the waters cover the sea. That means the triangle region. That means your workplace, that means your neighbourhood, that means your home, that means your school, that the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the waters cover the sea and He's gonna do that through you. The purpose of this union, this purpose of this oneness, Jesus says is this, that they, the, that the world may believe that you have sent me, verse 21, verse 23, that the world may know that you sent me and loved them and even as you have loved me. Guys, our oneness, our love for each other isn't just a nice additive, it is mission critical. It's mission critical that we are a people of love, that the world may know, that the world will know. And that word know actually means experiential knowledge. Right, I, let me illustrate that to you. I, I, we, Ash and I lived in Australia. We're both um, Australians. Uh, me by marriage um, was best, you know, one of my best decisions. And, um, and uh, you know, Ash from birth. And so, you know, in, in Australia, we have the Great Barrier Reef, which uh, is up in the far north tropical Queensland, largest reef in the world, spectacular. I, I don't, I've never been there. I can tell you about the Great Barrier Reef. I can tell you about the Great Barrier Reef because I've heard stories about it. I have friends that have been there. I've, um, I've, uh, I've seen photos of the fish under the water. I've heard stories about sharks and all manner of things. Right? I can tell you, I know something about the Barrier Reef, but I've never experienced it. However, if you want to ask me about the reef in Belize, well, that's a di or, or the reef in Mauritius, then that's a different story because I've actually been there. I've swam. I've got it, I've jumped off the boat and seen five massive like six foot nurse sharks swim straight at me. I know what it's like to swim with a shark. Whoa. They've only got little mouths, so you know, they're still pretty terrifying. But what's the difference? The difference is one I know from just a head knowledge, the other I know because I've actually smelt the fear. That was my own fear. I've actually been there. I've actually swum with the, the fish. I've seen the stonefish and I've seen the puffer fish and I've held the puffer fish and I've seen a lionfish and they're going, don't go over there. I've seen the beauty and the majesty of that underwater world. I've seen it, I've experienced it. So what Jesus is saying here is it's the same thing. It's not that the world would have, a, have a, some kind of head knowledge of, hmm, look how they seem to really like each other. That's kind of weird. But that actually in, in the love that we have one for another, the mission of God is this, the world would know experientially that, we, that the Father sent Jesus. Wow. It's a, it's a mind-blowing concept that, the, that Jesus would put the mission of the world on you and I getting on well with each other. That he would put on the, uh, the, the society to know that Jesus came in the flesh sent by God. He put that in our hands and in our relationships together. And his mission is that the world would know. 
the world would know. We don't just exist for a nice little happy time together. We don't just exist to be a nice community together. We love everywhere we go. We build community as a result of loving, but that's not because we wanna have community for the sake of community, not just we wanna be one because we like to be one and say, look at us, we're so one, but actually because Jesus is saying the world needs to know. It's the mission of God. So we're undivided in our mission by being undivided in our love one for each other. How is the world gonna experience firsthand that the Father sent Jesus, that the Father loves us like He loves Jesus, that the Father wants to bring the whole world into that experience? Now there's multifaceted answers as we know elsewhere that we have to go and preach, we have to share the love of God, we have to, you know, Paul says, how will they know if, you know, if nobody preaches? So I'm not dis dismantling or diminishing the, the need for preaching, but what Jesus is saying here in this passage is part of the answer to that the world would know is our oneness. Through our manifestation of our oneness, through our unity in the church. And I thank God that we, are, that we as a community are growing in that unity. I thank God that we as a community are actually growing in our unity with churches in the region. Ash and I and um, Justin and Kelly and Davon and Jonathan went to Kings Park Church last week. What an amazing, amazing church with Pastor Ron Lewis, Pastor Reggie. I mean, they are everything that I would like us to be when we grow up. Multicultural, reaching the lost, winning the cities, planting churches, and we went because we're looking at possibilities of how to partner with them, do some outreach in Durham. But Lord's bringing unity together. That, the prayer march that we did in Cary, bring, what's that about? It was about bringing unity together. And so not just us individually, but now broader and broader, the whole church rising up. There's so many stories of revivals that have happened in the past that come when churches gather together in unity. But I'm running out of time. So let me, let me finish with this. And oh, Jesus, please help me. I would maybe have to come and preach this another time. It would give me more time to really get some revelation and think that I might actually understand it. Verse 22 is this, the glory that you have given me, I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. So let's back this up, take it from the end. Jesus is saying He wants the world to know. How's the world gonna know? Because of your oneness. What does that oneness look like? Well, that oneness looks like the Father and the Son and us all together in, in uh, relationship together where Christ is in us, the hope of glory, but we're in Christ, our lives are hidden with Christ in God, Colossians 3, 3, that you can't, that we are so wrapped up in God and God is, and we're so full of God that, that we manifest and express God by the Spirit, right? But then what he goes on to say is that the, the means for that, the way that he's gonna achieve that is he says this, the glory that you gave me, Father, I have given to them. Do you know that you carry glory? If you believe in Jesus and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you carry glory. Jesus says, the glory that you gave me, I have given to them. What is that glory? We do, oh, Jesus, help me. What's the glory? The glory, first of all, I want you to look at this. I want us to note that Jesus prayed and said that the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, but we didn't even exist at that point. We don't come along for 2000 years. 
But in that moment, in the cross, Jesus is saying, I'm giving them the glory. What does that look like? I think there's three things. I'm gonna to touch on it really, really quickly. The first one is the glory of sonship. Because in 2 Peter chapter one, Peter is, re- is responding and telling the, the people that he's writing to. And he says this, we saw His glory. We were eyewitnesses to His majesty. In other words, experiential knowledge. We saw His glory, glory the, the, of the Father when the, when the honour and the glory, the voice came and said, this is my Son whom I love, in Him I am well pleased. There was that glory that Jesus manifested was the glory of the Father saying, you are my Son. And then in Christ Jesus, now we have become sons, firstborn sons, heirs of the kingdom. And so the glory that Jesus is saying is, I am willing to share my sonship with all these people so that they can manifest their sonship and they can be full of the glory of sonship. So the voice that speaks over you and I is this, I, am in, I love you, you're my son, you're my daughter, in you I am well pleased. There is massive glory in that sonship. Let us not lose that. It's the sonship that we have received. But not only that, it's not just the son because God is so glorious. The second part of the glory that He has given to us is, and this is how we access that sonship, is the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter says that the Spirit is the Spirit of glory. And so the Spirit of glory is resting in us to reveal Christ to us. The Spirit of glory is resting in us to bring unity because He's a Spirit of unity and the bond of peace. But He's also resting upon us to express God to the world and to express God to each other. The Holy Spirit is a Spirit of glory. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have the glory of heaven. Come on, we need to slap ourselves. I've been slapping myself all night. I'm like, come on, Lord, let me get this. Let me live in the reality of the glory that you have given the Father to Jesus. Jesus has given to us. And then the third thing is the name of the Father. John 17, verse six, I have manifested your name to the people. Verse 11, he says, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me while I was with them. Verse 12, I kept them in your name. So it's the name of the Father. So the, so the, the, the glory that the Father has given to Jesus is, is, the, is sonship, is the, the Holy Spirit, but it's also the manifestation of the name of the Father. The, and what is the name? The name is the power, the authority, the nature, the character, the totality of His being. If you say in, in the Bible, the name actually means all of His essence. And so what's the Father given to us? He's given the, he gave glory to Jesus. That glory was sonship, that glory was the power of the Spirit, that glory was the name, the identity, the character of the Father. And then He says, and that glory I've given to you for the sake of the world that the world might know, that the mission of God would be fulfilled, that the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, not just by the Holy Spirit crashing in, in in a kind of sovereign way, although we're longing for that, but also in that way of the river of God bursting out of us because we carry the glory of God. And everywhere we go, we're releasing the life and the glory of heaven because we're sons filled with the Spirit carrying the name of the Father. Come on, I I wanna invite you to stand if you would, please. And I'm, here's my prayer is this. And I want you to, I want to invite you to make this prayer yourself. Lord, help me to get this and live the reality of this. Help me to get this, not just as a head knowledge, but as an experiential reality. Help me to get this and then live out the reality of it. If you're watching at home, if you're in a home 
Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, bring revelation. Explode in my heart. Come back to that prayer that I started at the beginning. Explode in my heart that Christ would dwell in my heart through faith and that I would express and extend the kingdom because of the glory of God given to me. And I wanna pray. I wanna just invite you to, actually before I pray, it's actually good for you to pray. So just lift up your voices for a minute. Ask Him to reveal Himself, to reveal the glory that He's put in you, reveal that glory to you and, and make that your experiential reality. Let it be your swimming with sharks. Let it be your Belize moment. Let it be your experiential reality. Ask the Lord, let's take a moment, ask the Lord if any way we've fallen short of that for forgiveness. If we confess our sins, the Bible says He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Holy Spirit, move. If you're watching online, I want you to, if you're with somebody, I want you to put your hand on them. If you're not with somebody, put your hand on the TV screen. We're gonna believe God for right now, an impartation and an infusion of heaven. So if you're here in this building, just reach out your hand and put that on somebody if, if, that's com- if they're comfortable with you, if you're in your family groups. And um, if not, just stretch out your hand without necessarily touching. Let's just pray right now. Pray for the Spirit of glory to overwhelm them. Pray for the, the, the Spirit of the Son to emphasise into their hearts that they are sons and daughters of the King. Pray for the Name of the Father to be put upon them so that they would carry the glory and the majesty of heaven, the protection of heaven, the favour of heaven, the life of heaven. Oh, thank you. We release right now into the, across the airwaves an impartation of the power of the Holy Spirit, encounters with the glory of God, encounters with the mission and the purpose of God. We release that right now across this room in the mighty Name of Jesus. Kingdom of God come. Thank you, Lord. And here's the thing, the power of the Holy Spirit is the power of heaven. That means that you can do things that you can't do in the natural. And so Jesus came not just to declare who God was, but to demonstrate who God was. And so part of, our, part of this work of the Spirit, part of the infusion of heaven into us isn't just so that we can be nicer people. It's actually God coming upon us to express God to other people through signs, wonders and miracles, yeah. through the power of the Holy Spirit, through words of knowledge, through prophetic, through healing, through deliverance, through the things that people can't bring you solutions that other people cannot get from the earth realm. We don't live in the earth realm. And one of the things we have to learn how to do, and I'm having to learn even through this COVID season again, is to train ourselves to say, I live in the kingdom. I don't live upon the earth realm. I live in the kingdom of God. I live in the supernatural realm. I live in the realm of heaven. Let's make one confession and one declaration together. I live in the kingdom. I am called in the Kingdom. It's my environment, it's my home. It's like the air I breathe. I don't live on the earth realm. I don't live on the earth realm. I don't live on the earth realm. I dwell in the Kingdom, in the glory of heaven.
Holy Spirit's moving. Just yield yourself to Him. I know we've gone a little over time, but the Holy Spirit, we're here for Him. Increase Your glory, Lord. Increase Your glory in us. You have put Your glory in us. Perfect us in that, Lord. 